The words of Jesus ring true in Matthew 25:40, where he says, whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do for me. One Day to Feed the World embraces the heart of individual empowerment by doing just that. We have the ability, collectively, to improve the lives of countless people. By giving one day of your salary, you are transforming your daily work into momentum and ministry through the sustained efforts of Convoy of Hope around the world. Your giving makes life-changing impact every day, and together, we are making the kingdom of God bigger. This day is designated not about me, not, not about us, not about this church, not about Texas. This day is designated one day. One day a year, we call it our one day. We're in our one day moment. If you're new here, this is the one day. It's the one day to feed the world. That's what we're talking about today. Nothing is closer to the heart of God than the, than the needy. Roll back our time just a little bit. You remember during the early days of COVID, you'd go to the grocery store and shelves were empty? Did, did, did you have a hard time just finding macaroni and cheese or the can of soup you wanted? And can you believe it? No toilet paper. I mean, come on. It just was uh, the world, America, we were just, we were caught, we were stunned. We have never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Denise sent me to the grocery store one day and she said, I, I want some chicken pot pies. Okay. That sounds good. Isn't that a good comfort food? I'll talk about food right before lunch, okay? Uh, comfort food. Doesn't that just sound good? So I, I went to the, to the grocery store, and, and I got some frozen Marie Callender's chicken pot pies. That just sounds good. She said she wanted one. Well, I'll get her what she wants because she can define the word hangry in our house. I mean, when she wants something to eat, it's a, we better stop and take care of that, okay? Well... Uh, she had a chicken pot pie. I was out doing something, and she asked me later, "Do you ever read the box of those frozen chicken pot pie?" Yeah, I, chicken pot pie. There's no chicken in it. What? I, I mean, I protested. Oh, it says here I actually went and got a box. She said, chicken pot pie. She said, "Read under that smaller print without chicken." Can you believe that? That's like the devil, isn't it? He promised you something and he doesn't deliver. I told Denise, I said, the devil stole your chicken. <laughs> yeah. For third world countries, kids across the world, not, not, not in a different part of this city or state. I'm talking about in countries where there's, there's no welfare system. Kids that have no hope and no future. Kids that will not go to school because they don't have anything to eat. And instead of going to school, they're going to be in a garbage dump scouring for food or at worst, and this happens in so many places, they're exploited in all the, the horrid things that that represents for little boys and little girls in order for them to just have something to eat. 
Well, today we've decided this one day we're going to respond to that. And in a little bit, I'm going to lead you in a way how we as a church, we can participate. But I want to go and hear what Jesus has to say. Jesus gives us a teaching in the Gospel of Mark chapter 8, and I invite you to open your app or open your Bible to Mark 8, and we're going to look at a notable miracle found in the Bible. It's referred to the feeding of the 4,000. Now, quickly, let me just qualify. There are two great miracles in the New Testament. One is the feeding of the 5,000. That's when the little boy... Had his, had his lunch, the five loaves and two fishes, and Jesus multiplies it, and he fed 5,000 plus women and children. This is a different miracle. This is the feeding of the 4,000. It's found twice in the New Testament, Matthew 15 and Mark 8. We're going to look at the account in Mark chapter 8, and we're going to talk about feeding them. Let's feed them. Let's look at verse number 1 and following. During those days, another large crowd gathered since they had nothing to eat. I was caught by that. They had nothing to eat. Have you ever been to the point where you were down to nothing? Did you ever have a point where the bank account was empty? Have you ever been to the point where you had nobody to call upon? You didn't have a friend. You didn't have anybody to turn to. You were literally down to nothing. When you, you, you didn't have a friend, you had no one to reach out to. You felt all alone. You felt like you had nobody you could, you could reach out to and lean on. Down to nothing. Let me just say, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God is up to something. The Bible says there, they had nothing to eat. Let's continue. Verse 1, Jesus called his disciples and said, I have compassion on these people, for they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come from a long distance. Before we go on, I want to note something, that word collapse. It's found twice in the gospel. Both times it's used of this miracle here and no other time. We know the New Testament is written in Greek, the original language. It's translated in English. This Greek word that's translated here as collapse, Jesus uses it twice, but he only uses it in the miracle of the feeding of the 4,000. It's a unique word. In the Greek language, it has the idea of, of just what we would call an implosion, collapse. Not, not just a stumble, an, an implosion. Absolutely, you have no more energy to go on. It's this same Greek word, same Greek word that was used by an archer. The archer would grab the bow and his arrow, and if... If the, if the archer's string ever snapped, if it ever broke, it was that word. It would be that Greek word that they would use to describe the breaking of the string. What am I saying? God knows when your string is about to snap. God knows, single parent, when you say, I can't take it anymore. 
God knows, sir, in your business when you have the demands and the obligations and you feel like you're going further and further behind and you feel like the weight of life is upon you, you feel like you have a, a dump truck parked on your chest and the pressure is so much. God knows when you're at your limits. God knows when you're pushed beyond your limits. He knows when your string is about to snap. And the Bible says, Jesus said, I know they're about to collapse. Let's go on. Verse 4. His disciples answered, well, where in this remote place can we get enough bread to feed them? Jesus will ask in verse number 5, how many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. I want you to notice that in verse number 5. How many loaves did they have? They had seven. That'll be important. Let's continue. Verse 6. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and given, th given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. When they had, the, the, excuse me, they had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them and told his disciples to distribute them. They ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up how many basketfuls? How many loaves did they have to begin with? Seven. How, how much basket in abundance did they have after this? They had seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Today, on this one day, this one day, we're talking about feeding the world. We partner with an organization called Convoy of Hope. And the one day, our focus is to feed those who will not be able to eat tomorrow unless somebody provides for them. And I think there's a couple great insights we can get from Scripture that speak to all of us today as Christ followers. Allow me to just pull that out of the text and share it with us. Number one, I would, I would point out that God wants us to meet the biggest need. Meet the biggest need. Uh, sometimes what we do, and it's our, our propensity, it's what we do, it's our tendency. When, the, when there's something enormous to do, a task to take on, we want to downsize to what we feel like we can handle. Well, that's, that's human behavior. That's, that's human nature, of course, yes. I, I can't do that, but I can do this. And what we're always doing is we're downsizing to our capabilities, but when it comes to the things of the kingdom of God and when it comes to the things that are close to the heart of God, the Bible says that we should, we should meet the biggest need. Notice verse number one. I'll just refer it to it again. It says, during those days, another large crowd gathered. Another large crowd. Jesus waited until the largest crowd. There were smaller groups no doubt on this journey, there were huddles of groups of 10 and 20 and 50 and so forth. But he waited till the need was so enormous. He waited until their seven loaves could not possibly feed 4,000 plus people. Jesus seizes the biggest need. And I think he's teaching us something here. Jesus is teaching us always look for the biggest need to meet. Those who had nothing 
Jesus says, I will reach out to those who have just something. Every one of us here, we have something, but we say, I don't have enough to meet all the need. But God uses the something we have in order to minister to those who have nothing. You see, God always looks to Christ followers to take the step. And I think there's some principles here that we can just glean from. Let me unpack a few for us if I can. First off, I think Jesus is teaching us here, invest in those who can't pay you back and God will pick up the bill. Invest in those who can't pay you back and God will pick up the bill. Yes, now I know some of it, we do this. Uh, we'll be doing Christmas gifts here in a few months and we'll be talking about maybe even now, you're long before Christmas, you're already writing down the list and there will be people that you won't put on the list. You say, why aren't we sent? Because they didn't send me anything last year. I sent them, I sent them that can opener that, that we got the Christmas before from our aunt. And I told you, I didn't like it. We didn't like the color. So we were going to give it to somebody else. So we sent it to them. We re-gifted it. We repurposed it. We said, and they didn't send us a thing. So they're off the list this year. They didn't come to our son's graduation. They're off the list. We give in order to get, but God is saying in the kingdom of God, invest in those who can't pay you back and God will pick up the bill. Here recently, I met with a missionary and I was having a conversation and he, we're, we're involved in a project in Tanzania. I'll tell you more about it next year. I'll tell you more about this project next year. I told him, I said, we're taking on this project next year. Our church, Westover, is going to build a training center in Tanzania, Africa. We want to do it. You can count us in on that. In fact, I'll be going to Tanzania next year, and we're going to celebrate the grand opening of this. It'll be a great moment, and we're just going to advance the gospel there. And he had pictures and brochures there, and we were talking about, I've been to Tanzania. I've worked with this missionary for over 10 years, and he's moving through, and then there's one photograph I know. Well, tell me, what's that one? He said, oh, he said, Pastor Jim, that's a project down in Honduras. I said, well, that's a building, but it's unfinished. How come the building's unfinished? He says, we built a, a, a Bible school down in Honduras, but we can't use it yet because we don't have a roof on it. I said, why, why not? Well, we don't have anybody. We don't, I don't, we don't have enough funds to put a roof on. Well, tell me about it. It's $50,000 to put a roof on it. $50,000 and you can get a Bible school that will minister to the entire country of Honduras and train men and ladies and young people that are, have a call of God on their life to minister to that country. Yes, all we need is $50,000. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing a Bible school here in Tanzania. We need another church and somebody needs to step up. And while I'm thinking and trying to in my mind, you know, I'm not verbalizing this. I'm having this conversation between me and God. God, you need to just send somebody and you need to put it on somebody's heart and all of a sudden I heard a tap on my heart take on that project but God you don't understand I got one day coming up and we've all I've already committed and I'm I'm trying to explain to God something that he hasn't figured out yet okay <laughs> duh <laughs> and I felt the impression we're to do it so I just told him we're going to do it 
when you're going to do it. I don't know how, and I, but I'll tell you, by the end of this year, we're going to have the 50,000. We're going to put a roof on that. That Bible school needs to be training those people in Honduras in doing something. You see, I truly believe if you'll invest in those who can't pay you back, God picks up the bill. God just gets involved, and he will do something. Generosity just opens the door for God to do big things. Yes, another principle is asking from God is faith, but giving to God is trust. Oh, see law on that one. Let that soak in a moment. When we ask God, and nothing wrong with asking, God, I need your help. God, I want you to do this. God, I need your help on my job. God, I need you to work in my life. God, I need you to send me uh, employees for my business. God, I need that. When you ask, that is faith. But when you give, that is trust. Yes, trust. And God is saying, meet the biggest need. Number two, I share with you, not only meet the biggest need is generosity generates abundance. I found that to be true in my life. Generosity generates abundance. Jesus tells the disciples, these people have been with me three days. They've journeyed a long time. I can't send them away hungry. I can't do that. They, They will collapse in the way. And the disciples the disciples said, but Jesus, there's no Costco around here. We can't. They don't have a Bill Miller's around here. They, they don't have a food bank around here. They, 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 they don't have a McDonald's around here. They, they don't have a, a, a place that we can get food to feed these people. And Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? And the disciples are about to learn a lesson Generosity generates abundance. Yes. They said, we have seven. And Jesus said, I'll take them all. You know, I've been thinking about that. Do you think Jesus could have fed the 4,000 with just one loaf? I believe he could have. I believe he could. Am I the only person that asks questions like that in the scripture? I mean, come on. If he can take seven loaves, if he can take seven loaves and he can multiply it and feed, feed 4,000 with seven loaves, I believe Jesus could have taken one loaf and fed them. Why seven? Because what you give on the front end determines what you get on the back end. You give all seven and you're going to get seven basketfuls. And Jesus said, if you just give me one loaf, there will only be one basket full on the other end. And I thank God, how many times? How many times have I just given partially or done half obedience in what you led me? And I got just a, just a morsel of blessing on the other end. You see, my generosity on this side generates abundance on the other side. Yes, a big, a big request from God always generates a big reward from God. And God is saying to us, Jesus is teaching us here, 
for every loaf of obedience, every time you say yes to God, every time you generously give, there is abundance on the other side. You see, generosity, it increases the bandwidth of my blessings. <laughs> yeah, it does. It creates the, the bandwidth of my blessings. When, when I begin to give generously and I say, God, it's not about me. I'm not going to hold on and hold back for me. God, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give all seven loaves. Then God says, your bandwidth, there will be seven basketfuls on the other side. I, I will create blessing and abundance. I, I, will, I will enlarge it. There are favors God can send you. There are favors God can send you that you can't create in your own strategy. Let me just say, those who manage people, those who, who are employers, you, you, you know what hiring the wrong people can do and what that can do to the morale and the productivity. God, God can protect you from stuff. God can go ahead of you on stuff. God can redirect you. God can send the right vendors, the right suppliers. God knows how to enlarge. And God says, if you'll trust me on this end, there is abundance on the other end called his blessing. You see, if we're willing to, to do a personal miracle, God's willing to deliver one. If we're willing to, to do, to be a part of that personal miracle personally, if we're willing to step in, God is willing to deliver it. If we're willing to say, God, have my loaves. God, I'll give something. God, I'll do something. And God says, then I will deliver the miracle. You open your heart and God opens the door. Open your heart and God will open the door. But if we're willing to do a personal miracle, God will deliver it. And there are kids, there are children in third world countries that have nothing. That have nothing. And we can be the delivery of that miracle. Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is a channel, is a ministry we have selected. We have selected Convoy of Hope because of their integrity. And we're, we're going to deliver and care for the needy and the hungry. Because of one day last year, we're feeding over a thousand children every day this year. Yes, this church, this church, Every day this year, 365 days, we're feeding over a 1,000 children in third world countries. And I'd like to introduce you to one little girl. She's in Haiti. Her picture will come up on the screen. I was in Haiti. And this is when I met this little girl. This little girl picture, well, can I get them to bring it up, please? Thank you, yes. This is the little girl that I want you to meet. I was there and they were in school. We had the privilege of going to school and the kids were playing. And Regardless of what language the kids speak, kids playing just sounds good, doesn't it? The sound of laughter and kids have of games going and just you, you could just 
you could just sense the activity. And then we went to the time of having lunch. And this little girl here was sitting in the corner off by herself. No one sat with her. You see that on her hands, there are white socks on her hands because her hands are diseased and they have scabs and open wounds. What you can't see very well in that picture is all up and down that little sweetheart's arms, these horrific sores, her elbows, her knees and down her legs. It was gruesome. They have taken pictures and sent information on this little, little girl to dermatologists all across the United States and trying to figure out and diagnose what they can. They tried an array of treatments and there's not been a dermatologist yet that can identify what's causing this. So this little sweetheart deals with this and she eats with white socks over her hands because of the oozing sores and nobody. Nobody sat with her. So I went over and I sat with her. I reached my hand up and I put my hand on her shoulder and smiled. I couldn't talk to her in her language, her native language. I want her to know somebody cared about her. I watched her and she ate all of her meal and as she was finishing it up, I took this picture. This is what one day to feed the world is about. Kids that would have nothing, no one to tend to. She's an orphan. But Jesus cares for her. She's important to Jesus. And that's what one day is about. One day to feed the world, Convoy of Hope, has a five to one impact. For every $1 given, it results in $5 worth of impact. Their partnership with large corporations and buying in bulk and sometimes gifting to them, every $1 produces $5 worth of product if you were buying it off of the shelf. Convoy of Hope has integrity and you have a right to ask, does my money actually get there? I have been there. I will tell you your money gets there. Convoy of Hope has an 8% overhead. That is to say, for every $1 you give, 92 cents out of every dollar meets the need and arrives at the location that you're intended. They have such a meager overhead. 92 cents out of every $1 arrives. Convoy of Hope tells us they can feed one child for a month for $10. One child can be fed for an entire year for $120. The price of blue jeans or a pair of tennis shoes will feed a child in a third world country. I've said to you before, I've said to you before, for the price of a Happy Meal, we can feed a family for a week.
in a third world country. And that is literally true for the price of a Happy Meal. We can feed a family. $120 will sponsor one child for an entire year. And I'm going to invite you to join me today and let's feed the world. Let's take care of those in behalf of Jesus. What would be close to God's heart? The challenge of Convoy of one day to feed the world is to possibly take of the 250 days a year we work to take one day's wage and give it to feed the poor. But whatever amount God would lay on your heart, here's the directions we want to give you in giving. If you're giving by text, would you put two words in there? One day. One, O-N-E, one day. Additionally, if you're given by check or cash, you can give it in an envelope. We have drop boxes at the back. You can give online. Church online, you can join us by giving online or giving by text. But this offering, 100% given to the one day today and that which is coming to the kingdom builders this month, 100%, we're going to send to Convoy of Hope because we want to feed the hungry, the poor. We want to reach out to those who have nothing. So I'm going to invite you to pray together with me now. Father, I thank you that we live in a land with so much in abundance. How easy it is for us when we have abundance to just keep wanting and, and getting more. But somehow, God, I've got to believe we're blessed to be a blessing. We have received so we can give. And I pray today, God, that as Westover bands together in our one-day challenge, one day to feed the world, that we will do it with the motive to honor God. We'll do it with the motive to feed the poor and take care of the needy. And it will be a testimony to Jesus. It will lift up the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that each one of us, our hearts will be moved and stirred to determine what we can do, what we can do at this moment, how we can respond. And I'm reminded what Scripture teaches us, those that give to the poor, they lend to the Lord. Wow. Wow, God. Nothing is closer to your heart and the hungry and the poor. And today, as a church and as individuals, we partner together, both here in the room and online, to do our best to meet the needs of the poor around the world. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name.